Hello, everybody, and welcome to Professor P's podcast. I'm Natasha Palumbo, aka Professor P. I'm known for evoking the essence of spirituality by bringing the energetic fire, activating the mind, and speaking the truth. I'm so honored that you are here with us today. I thank you for joining. This podcast is focused on entrepreneurship, empowerment, and energetics. You're going to find a wealth of information inside, guest speakers, and the elixir, a dose of energetic power. So let us join in on today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Professor P's podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here today. Now, you know I stay excited. Um, This is just how I wake up on 10. Listen, not all the time, you guys, but I do um, stay pretty excited, and I'm excited to bring another guest speaker to you. Before I bring him on and tell you all about him, I want to just continually give you my mad love. Thank you always for sharing out. Thank you for your likes, your subscriptions all of the wonderful love you send my way. I'm always so grateful. So let us jump in. So today I have Kevin Breckenridge. Kevin is the founder and CEO of 317 Capital LLC and leads the investment management general partnership in creating and executing its investment strategy. As a member of the general partnership, he oversees investor relations and assists with accusations. Kevin is an experienced real estate entrepreneur and started his career in the real estate as an economic development intern for the mayor of Cincinnati in 2018 when he was a senior, just a senior, you guys, at the University of Cincinnati. He worked in that capacity on the Banks Project. This was a transformational mixed-use waterfront development project where he helped market and sell the Cincinnati as a place to do business, the banks as a prime business opportunity to potential investors and business owners in the retail, hospitality, entertainment, and multifamily industries. Now, in 2010, he became a licensed real estate agent in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, where he would go on and found his own real estate sales and development company, broker millions of dollars in transactions, develop million dollar plus properties, and serve the community and real estate industry in several capacities, including member of the board of directors for Washington, D.C. Association of Realtors for five years. Kevin is a licensed associate real estate broker with EXP Commercial in Washington, D.C. and Maryland. He has extensive experience in residential and commercial real estate and is well-versed in many areas of real estate space, including, but not limited to, seller representation, buyer representation, investor representation, landlord representation, development raising private capital, syndication, brokerage, advisory, research, and asset management. He holds a business of bachelor's administration from the school of Carl H. Linder, business with a major in accounting and a minor in international business. Woo, that is a mouthful, but there's more. In addition to being the founder of the Multifamily Investors Collective, as an exclusive online community for multifamily real estate investors, Kevin Lee routinely speaks, teaches, coaches, and mentors real estate investors, business owners, and entrepreneurs to help them create, grow, and preserve 
wealth through multifamily real estate investing. Kevin lives in Washington, D.C. area with his wife, Albany, and their two beautiful children, Amelia and Chase. Kevin, dang! <laughs> this thing, you know, it scrolled like it does the date on my, my phone here. Would you, you know how you scroll the date? Anyways, <laughs> listen, let me leave the joke on. Kevin, thank you so much. This is really outstanding. Um, and you're a young man too. So, I mean, you don't have to tell us our age, but I know you're a young man because I'm looking at you and I can tell you, everybody <laughs> seems younger than me now. No, let me, let me get my little old life together. So you are, this is amazing, but um, thank you. Thank you for being my guest today. I'm so excited that you're here. I am, I am very excited for my listeners to learn more about you. Now, I know you didn't arrive just like this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and kind of how you got to this amazing accomplished point of life. Thank you, Professor P. Thank you. I, I appreciate. Uh, first, I want to thank you for the opportunity um, for having me here today as a guest speaker on your podcast. I've uh, I've been following you for a couple of years, and uh, although we haven't uh, been able to engage a lot, I can tell you that the one way engagement uh, that we get through social media, one thing I can say for sure is Professor P always comes with the energy. <laughs> always comes Facts. with the energy. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, to be here, and right. thank you for. Yes, thank you for for reading that bio. I'll tell you that even um, you know I would have been happy if you would have just said Kevin is happy, he's alive, and he's healthy. You know that would have been enough for me. Um, that you know that's how how precious uh, you know life is. So I appreciate yes. uh, the fact that you were able to to read such a, a an illustrious bio, um, and and I, and it feels good to hear you you know read it because we oftentimes uh, don't give ourselves enough credit for the things yeah. that we do. Uh, so I appreciate you know just hearing um, and being reaffirmed that some as someone who um, you know who is who has done a lot of work, who continues to work hard, um, and it all, you know it feels good being appreciated for your accomplishments. Um, I can definitely tell you I definitely didn't uh you know I definitely didn't come out the womb you know with all of those accomplishments um you know I actually came out it was interesting uh my my background started off it started off rocky uh my mother um she met my father while she was a street vendor uh he was a street vendor she was a street vendor uh selling you know knickknacks and you know uh keepsakes and clothing on the streets of Washington DC and uh, actually my mother at the time she was living in uh in a rooming house basically renting a room and uh, when she met my father he was he was homeless and so she told him about where she was renting uh renting a room he, he started renting a room at the same place one thing led to another and, uh, and that's how I was conceived. Wow. And so, you know, there, my, my life story started off, um, you know, started off rocky because they didn't have a relationship. Um, and just a couple of months after my mom finding out that she was pregnant, she left off to Germany because she had two sisters who were in the military station in Germany. So she left for Germany. She came back around month six, month seven. And by the time she came back, my father was already gone. He had uh, bounced and left for California. And shortly after she came back, she had me. She started to get rumors and hear things about what happened to him. And she heard that he actually died while he was in California. So to this day, I still don't even know if my father is alive wow. because the story that she was told and how she found out has never been confirmed or really corroborated. So to begin my story, 
uh, my story of uh, just uh, started out rocky. And that theme, that, you know, confusion, that lack of identity is a storyline that has uh, been, you know, consistent throughout my life and has presented a lot of challenges, um, you know, a lot of challenges. And I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, but I say all of that to say that, you know, it's it was that type of environment um, that led to just the hunger and the motivation and the mm -hmm. desire to be something, to do something, to become someone, and to be able to create an environment, a more stable environment, a more uh, clear environment, and one where, um, you know, I would be able to have a family, I would be able to have kids, and my kids would know who I am, and my kids wouldn't grow up, you know, homeless, and wouldn't grow up without, you know, a strong foundation. So that's basically, you know, the impetus for how, you know, how I, how I got to where I am today, just having that hunger and that motivation to create change. Wow. That is, that is so incredible. Uh, that is an incredible story. Thank you for, for being so open and sharing it with us. So, okay. How long did you go to school for? Yeah. So, um, so I went to, actually, I went to school. I was in college for f about five years. I yeah. started off, I went to um, a school called Youngstown state in Northeast mm -hmm. Ohio. And okay. uh, I was, a, mm -hmm. I was an athlete and that was really, okay. that was really the only reason uh, that you started, huh? Yeah. That's pretty much the only reason why I went to school. It wasn't that I didn't have the academics or the intelligence. It's just, I didn't have someone pushing me to say, Hey, you need to go to school. I'm going to make sure that you go to school. And so I had a track coach um, who, you know, uh, coach Braddix, if he ever listens to this, any, any opportunity I get, you know, I thank him for, you know, being one of those people who stood in the gap and was like, you know what, you're special. Mm. You need to do something with your life. And so he made sure that I not only had the opportunity to uh, compete at an, at the next level, but he made sure that I had the education um, that, you know, would be on the other side of competing. Uh, so I went to a school called Youngstown State for a year, uh, ran track there. I, I didn't like the school too much. I didn't like the environment. It was too small. You know, I wanted to get back closer to home. So I transferred uh, to the University of Cincinnati and uh, did four, four and a half, four years four and a quarter at uh, University of Cincinnati and uh, graduated a total of uh, five years later. Nice, nice. Um, now, entrepreneurship is one hell of a journey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, how has it been for you? I mean, tell us, how has it been? How was it starting and kind of where you, you're at now today? I mean, what's, what, what, what do you want us to know? What do you want us to know that's so important? Yeah, so um, that's I, that's a great question. I absolutely love entrepreneurship. I love talking entrepreneurship. I love the journey of entrepreneurship. I, I love everything about entrepreneurship. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a brief background on just my uh, trajectory into entrepreneurship because I always I think it's always important to that people you know kind of hear how people fell into entrepreneurship. Yeah. For me, I, I was I was a natural entrepreneur without knowing that I was an entrepreneur mm -hmm. because I. I did not have a lot of uh, exposure to entrepreneurship. And I told you, you know, my mom was an entrepreneur as a street vendor, but that wasn't something that she talked about. You know, by the time, you know, I came of age, she didn't talk about it, you know, it wasn't a, a, a aspect of her life. So it wasn't something that I, you know, I knew was really kind of in my blood. So I started out, you know, classic story. I was cutting grass. I was shoveling snow. That was kind of like the early days of entrepreneurship, but I didn't look at it as, as you know, as entrepreneurship. I was just making money. I was trying to make some money. Um, and then uh, I think in college, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, it, it just didn't register as entrepreneurship. I really didn't even know any business owners. I didn't know any business owners, didn't know any 
entrepreneurs, you know, so I, I was very ignorant in that respect. Um, and then uh, my first year or uh, first summer after high school, I started a landscaping company. But again, that was just to make some money. I was borrowing uh, tools, you know, borrowing a lawnmower, borrowing a, a, a shovel, you know, getting the lawn bags. And I was doing that. But I was like, you know what? You know, cutting grass and all of that. I like doing it, but this isn't something, you know, that I see myself, uh, you know, really turning into anything. Um, so fast forward to actually my senior year of college. At that point, that's when I started to kind of entertain, OK, what am I going to do as a career choice? Time Everybody was, you know, they were positioning for that post-college employment and just about everybody, their mindset was, I'm going to go out and get a job, right? You go to school, you get a degree, you're coached to get a job. So I'm doing yep. on-campus interviews, you know, I'm meeting with employers, I'm going to networking events, I'm wearing my one suit to every event, <laughs> you know, I have yeah. my one suit. It was a good suit though. You know, it was, it, it had a nice yeah. pattern. I look good, but I was wearing that to everything. I was, you know, handing out the business cards, putting together the resume. Um, but I started to also think about, well, you know, if I don't get a job, what are some things that I would like to do? And up until that point, I had a lot of experience doing event planning, uh, planning parties for fraternities, planning mm. uh, meetings and things like that. And I just had a passion for bringing things together and watching people come together and all of the different components that come into that and watching the end result where you have this event, people have a great time, whether it's for a cause or whether it's just a party. And then, you know, everyone goes their own way, but there's just that collaborative effort of bringing all of these different pieces together and making something happen. Uh, so I started to entertain the idea of becoming an event planner. So me and a couple of buddies got together and we were like, you know what, let's start throwing parties. So that that was when I started officially started my first company and the name of my first company was Legacy and Motion and it was it was the name of now I know a lot more about naming companies and branding and things like that but I named the company Legacy and Motion because at the time um, I had just, I had gotten to a point where I, I realized that for me, my life was uh, it was a story that was always in motion. And I was I was, you know, blossoming as a person. Mm. And the more that I discovered myself, the more, you know, I, I, I became conscious of the importance of creating a legacy, but then also the importance of not getting stuck in any particular phase of your legacy is always evolving. So if there is a difficult time you've been through, it doesn't mean that's where you start. Stop. And I knew a lot of people who had a life experience and they got stuck there. Right. And it impacted their legacy and their ability to add on to their legacy. So I just had this idea of, hey, legacy in motion. So anyway, we started this company. We started throwing parties around the city. Very successful. We were wow. making a lot of money at the door, cash money at the door. Uh -oh. you know, <laughs> right, right. Cash money at the door. Bars were being bought out. We were bringing in live DJs and stuff like that. But I learned something very quickly. I learned that the entertainment business, at least in that respect, was not a business that I wanted to be a part of because mm -hmm. it's a darker underworld, right? Ooh, <laughs> yes. It's a darker underworld. You got to, I, I had to bring on college, some of my, uh, buddies who play college football for the school to come on as bodyguards, the man Security. the door, right, right. To man the door. We had to worry about who was collecting the money at the door. Yeah. And we had the politics with the bar. Then you had the potential for violence and trying to protect people coming and drinking and all that type of stuff. Um, so, so uh, we did that for about six, seven months and, and had a great run at it. 
but I was still in the mindset of corporate America. Um, at that, that at that point too, I had actually started the uh, internship that you had mentioned in my bio. Mm -hmm. um, so I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, I'm gonna get a good job. And instead of the question being, hey, is entrepreneurship and, you know, um, starting an event planning business and being an event planner, that kind of fell to the wayside as I got deeper into working with this internship. And then at that point, the question for me was, well, do I want to work in government or do I want to uh, stay in corporate or do I want to go in corporate and be business because my background, my major was in business. So that's kind of like the early days of how I got started uh, with entrepreneurship. That is that is crazy. From throwing parties to, to and did you ever throw any house parties? Because <laughs> now you're throwing houses out to the market. Listen, oh listen. man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. That's but that's how I got started. I I, I was a frat boy. Um, you know, I, I was I, gonna I joined... say because you were a frat, so you had house party. You yeah, were absolutely. House, house parties to selling houses. Listen, a absolutely. So funny right now. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, but there yeah. was this. But you know what? That all that all that underground work right there taught you a lot though how to manage different things um, organizing bringing people together networking all of that that I'm sure you use a lot of today mm -hmm. so fast forward to today you you've been in business uh how many years now refresh my memory from the bio how yeah many, so years now yeah absolutely uh technically it's been uh it's been over well it's been over uh, 12 years now. And of course, yeah. And of course, in that 12 years, there's the the true stories of uh, of entrepreneurship. And uh, I can definitely get into that, you know, in uh, more detail. But yeah, it's been, it's been over uh, 12 years since I really started that, you know, trajectory of saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing this business thing. I'm working for myself. You know, let's, let's move forward. Let's yep. move forward. And the true stories of entrepreneurship is that it's a roller coaster ride. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> then I understand yes, it's, it's one hell of a ride, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. It's with, ups with and a downs. lot of turbulence. Yeah, a lot of turbulence. With, with a lot of turbulence. With a lot right. of turbulence. It's not for it's not for the 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 weak hearted, the weak minded. Um, you know, absolute or 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 those who have thin skin. <laughs> what's what's some of the things you endured over this last twelve years? Some of the ups, some of the lows. Tell us a couple about a couple of them. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I'll start off. Uh, I'll tell you uh, one of them, and this is this actually one I think is uh, very important for for any entrepreneur is the importance of of having and developing the clarity of vision, Ooh. the clarity of vision. Write that down, all my students. I hope you all are taking notes because there's some notes coming. I can feel them right now. Write it down. Write it down. You're going to walk away with homework today. For sure. <laughs> the clarity of the vision. I love it. Yeah. Talk that out. Yeah, absolutely. The the clarity of vision and the importance of having clarity of vision. And you got to have clarity of vision uh, for yourself as a person, as a mm. human, as an individual. And you also have to have clarity of vision for your business. And there are certain things that you can do to develop that clarity and to articulate that clarity. And yes, it's a process and it changes over time, but the importance of clarity and having that vision is what is going to ensure that you are taking the proper steps and that you are taking steps that are in alignment, right? With that, with that goal, with that vision, with that clarity. 
And if you don't have that clarity, right, it's it's you're going to be driving down a road. You're not going to be able to see the signage that's telling you, hey, you know, your exit is in two miles. Right. And you're going to drive past that side. You're going to miss the exit and then you're going to have to make that U-turn. Right. So clarity of vision is extremely important. And just to kind of give you, you know, um, just a, a brief lesson in that. Uh, one thing that you can do is they have you have windows of vision and windows of clarity um, and strategic. When you talk about strategic planning, um, you can have a strategic plan that reaches out, you know, 100 years, 50 years, 25 years. Uh, but if you stay in kind of like that 10 to 20 year window, you're going to have kind of a vague vision of what you want your enterprise to be. You'll have a lot of ideas, but you may not have crystal clarity. But as you start to back up from 10 years and you get down to that three to five year window, you're going to have a lot more clarity about what it is you want to accomplish. And then from that three to five year window, if you can get down to what your one year picture is, like what do you want things to look like a year from now, yep. then you're able to order your steps over the next 12 months. And there are some great books that that uh, are very helpful, uh, uh, very helpful uh, in helping you articulate that and ask the different questions that you have. But I know a lot of times, especially as entrepreneurs, uh, one of the one of the um, at least for me, one of the challenges that I've had to be disciplined about is as an entrepreneur, we like the idea of freedom. Right. We don't we like to be free. We like to have control. Uh, we may not necessarily like to follow all of the rules because that's kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you get into corporate America and you feel like, uh, you know, you're being compressed. And so you, you feel like you, you don't have as much freedom and control. But when you're building and you're creating a business, there are certain things that you need and there are certain things that you have to do. And one of those things is you have to have that written uh, business plan, that business model. Now, there's a whole nother conversation on that about the complexity of the business model and the type of business model that you need. But at a minimum, you need to know where you're trying to go, at least in the next one to three years. Mm-hmm. The business model is the one I promote the most, for sure. The business model canvas you definitely want to be doing. And all of those who've ever been under my entrepreneurship teaching know that I'm not a big fan of the business plan. I am a fan of execution. Execution is worshiped. That's Eric. That's Dr. E.T. Um, and I am a huge fan of the business model canvas, though. And it is essential in all business planning, especially in startup. What's a book, though? So I love books and my, my I love I love some books. And those who know me know I love books. Mm -hmm. I, I read I just got me some new books. What what's the book? What's a book? Do you know of a book you can share yeah. with my listeners? What yeah, is I, it for I that clarity? Because people like, struggle with clarity and you, you're probably somebody somebody could reach out to if they're looking for clarity. You can help them with clarity because I know, yeah. you know you coach, you consult, all those kind of things. So because sometimes we need to look out to people and be like, hey, can you help me bring some clarity? I have coaches. I have mentors I go to to help me with clarity. But what's the book? Tell me about the book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, there are a couple books and I'm trying to remember all of them. One of them, there's a book uh, by Brian Tracy called Goals. Um, that one is an excellent book on goal setting. And he um, talks about uh, business planning but uh, creating your, your goals uh, in a structured fashion because uh, goals help develop that clarity. Another one, uh, one that I read last year is the, uh, the, uh, the 12 week year, I think it's called oh, uh, wow. the 12 week year is good. And the 12 week year, that one actually starts, helps you create a system uh, behind your year and how you approach uh, systemizing your goals. Another one, uh, and this is, this is, 
um, an entrepreneur's Bible. And this is actually the one that, uh, you know, got me started on making sure I created a more systematic approach to how um, I went about my year and planning and prioritizing not just your year, but also your quarters. Um, and this is an entrepreneur's Bible for me. It's called Traction uh, by uh, Gino Wickman. Absolute, absolute gold mine. Traction. I mean, yeah, Traction. Traction. By um, Gino yep. Wickman. Yep. Traction by Gino Wickman. I'm going to have to look that one up. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. I'm going to have to grab that one and read it. Yep. But that's it, amazing. It's a, it's a great resource. Between Traction. Uh, between, between Traction and the 12-week year, that's going to give you a full 12-month, a full uh, uh, planning model um, that you can work on. And, and one is going to give you the, uh, the long range to medium range down to a year. And then the 12 week year is going to, uh, force you to take your 12 month planning and into stretch 12 weeks, into 12 weeks, right. Wow. So that you're able to get more done over the course of the year. I love it. You know, being a lion, I love that. Okay. So the clarity is a big piece, clarity mm -hmm. of vision, um, that was kind of one of the highlights of you, like really being able to be clear with your vision and and, and thriving in that. What's some low points that that you've hit along the journey? Yeah, and, and so I'll come back to that. So so the reason why I mentioned um, clarity being important is because what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is uh, this is something that um, I actually received confirmation of through a, a book I was reading. It's called uh, the mis It's called Mistakes Millionaires Make. And it's about um, it's about an entrepreneur who who uh, started a business, made a ton of money, and there were some mistakes that he made, and it cost him his business. And so he went on and he pro he uh, uh, profiled different business owners, entrepreneurs, and uh, interviewed them about the different mistakes that they made. And one of the mistakes that's commonly cited is entrepreneur. We make our businesses too complex. And they, they become too complex because we don't have the strategic planning. We don't have the clarity of vision. We don't have, you know, that more uh, methodical process. And so we start a business and it kind of, we kind of lose control of it. And so that's one thing that happened to me. Um, I started my business and I started out as a real estate agent. Um, then I started doing uh, wholesaling. Uh, then I started working with, you know, certain types of uh, business clients. And then I became a broker and I started bringing agents in and um, I wanted to cut out my broker. So, you know, that's why I became a broker. And I started doing all of these different things. Right. And it wasn't it, it was great for a while. But what happened is the business became more complex than I was equipped at the time to mm. be able to handle and manage the business. So on the front end, you know, when we talk about starting a business, there's the part where you start bringing in clients, right? You're making money, um, you know, you're running a business, but then there's the operations, there's yep. the administration, there's yep. the marketing, there's the sales, there's the building of the business yep. into an actual business. So that once I started getting through those stages of growth as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, I wasn't, it was forced upon me when it was too late because the business had become too complex. And so instead of me being able to adapt to that fast enough and at the time when I was capable of doing it and by capable, all of the finances were where they needed to be to be able to bring in the leverage, you know, for me to do all of these different things. That's when things, that's when I, I basically got to a point where um, I became paralyzed 
by the business because it was too complex. I was too, uh, too far stretched. And so then things wow. started falling through the cracks yeah. Yeah. and I wasn't able to service my clients at the same level that I knew they needed to be serviced, you know, things like that. So that created a situation where I got to a point where I was so overwhelmed with the business, I became burned out, right? And that burnout started happening when I was, you know, I had a whole lot of stuff going on, a whole lot of stuff going on. And I had to, I had to start stepping away from, and I had to start stepping back. And I had to literally put the brakes on the momentum that I had, you know, built up because I had become so overwhelmed and I had become so stressed and, it, you know, and I had to figure all of this stuff out. And I remember it got to the point where I was having conversations with people. And this was the first time I think in my life where I was really engaging in conversation with people about how to manage the level of stress that I was under and then hearing stories from other entrepreneurs about how, you know, older guys like having heart attacks because of the stress, you know, that they were under from their business and their inability to manage the stress and to cope with the stress, the stress and to have mechanisms in place and stuff like that. So it, it opened up a can of worms of just, um, you know, things that started happening in my life things that started happening in my business. And the only thing that I could do is I literally had to step back. I had to retreat and I had to start to close everything down so that I could find that clarity to be able to move forward. Wow. Wow. You had, you were, you were, you were zooming, you were zooming, 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 but there were other pieces of your infrastructure that was not strong. And you mm -hmm. had to come back down. That's why it's so important. I tell people all the time, I'll be like your infrastructure. You have to focus on your infrastructure. Mm. You cannot build. You can't build a building, everyone. I want you to think about this. And also the, the infrastructure of a building is so important. And also the deeper you go in the ground, the higher the building can be built. Mm -hmm. This is so important in architecture to understand is that the deeper you grow with the infrastructure, Okay. You got to go. So if you're planning to go high and you're planning to build big, you must dig deep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've got to dig deep and you've got to be able to focus in on your infrastructure, because if your infrastructure is right, you can build and you can build and you can build and build and build. And build. So that's what you did. You, you, you kind of went up there and then you went down. That's why I tell people entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. It's one hell of a roller coaster. And you have to have a lot of resilience and there is a reward in resilience. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about resilience and the reward of resilience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll just mention this. You had mentioned the infrastructure. Um, depending on what one thing I, I love about entrepreneurship is it, it exposes you for your weaknesses. And as you learn about where you're weak, you know, where your skills might be lacking, you know, you can develop that, you know, you can bring people in, whatever the case may be, but you it it helps you learn more about yourself. So you know, when I hear you say infrastructure, 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 one of the things that um, was lacking for me is I didn't come up in corporate America. I, a, a lot of my um, business skills post-college, almost 100% came through entrepreneurship. So it was a lot of learning on the job. But for anybody listening, when you talk about infrastructure, one of the important things is learning as much as you can about 
systemization, yes. doing things by processes, you know, step by step, even learning how to document that, learning yes. how to explain that stuff to other people so other people can do it, uh, being uh, teachable and being coachable, but also being comfortable teaching and coaching other people. So when you talk about that, that infrastructure piece, there's a whole, you know, skill set behind infrastructure and what that looks like. And then also understanding business structure and corporate structure and organizational structure mm -hmm. so that you understand what the infrastructure of a business looks like on the inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell my listeners all the time and I tell people, teach everyone, this is my saying, this is, this is something you'll hear me say time and time again, success is not a secret. It is a system. Mm -hmm. It's a system. Everything boils down to a system. And it's really important that you understand the system and you understand your system and you understand how you work too as a system, how you can better your system. And you don't have to cookie cut systems. Systems aren't cookie cut. You get to go and learn about all kinds of things out there and bring it in and work that system. But systems are so important and they will definitely benefit your business and help you so much. You can't, you're not going to do this without a system either. And you need a system from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. Like as much as you can dial in systems, I'm this is so turtle behavior and I've got the littlest turtle you've ever met in your life. But let us listen, it's, I do believe in the systems and I do try to work them the best that I can. And I encourage people that, you know, success is not a secret, not at all. It's simply a system is what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I know that that is true. And you, you get, and having people a part of your, you know, your team is really important. So, but you, it's a lot of res, uh, resilience. There's a lot of resilience yeah. here. There's a lot of this and there's a great reward in that. So just bring us back to that, bring us back to like resilience and what it means to you and, and how you've been rewarded by resilience. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's it's so many, man, just so many uh, times where just sh showing up every day, you know, when we talk about resilience, one of the things that I, I want to stress is the importance of just showing up every single day um, and taking life literally day by day, no matter how difficult things may get for you, no matter how bleak the picture or how cloudy the vision, it's important that you get up and you show up and you live life one day at a time. Uh, when you talk about resilience, there's nothing that's going to be um, more uh, enduring and more empowering for you than your ability just to show up today and then get up tomorrow and show up tomorrow. But in terms of the reward of resilience, I'll tell you this. Um, I, This is a story I actually uh, haven't shared a lot. And one of the reasons why I'm going to share this is because Professor P told me on our last call that I got to be bold and I got to be unapologetic. I got to be bold. And I, I, I might have said that. <laughs> I, I might have said that. I might have said a whole lot of things. And he was like, oh, my God, who really are you? Listen, um, I'm coming back for more. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. You bold and unapologetic. Yes. Let's go with the bold yeah, and unapologetic. Yeah. Absolutely. Bold and un unapologetic. So when when I was telling you the story about, you know, my entrepreneurship story, when I started to pull everything back, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was I was I was writing my own checks. Right. I, right. I paid myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I paid myself. Um, so, but as I was pulling things back, 
I had to, you know, one, I was trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to move and navigate forward while also dealing with the trauma, right? We talked about uh, trauma on our last call, Mm -hmm. but dealing with the trauma of what was happening in my personal life, the trauma of what was happening in my, in my business and being at the front end of that trauma, right? Because when you're at the front end of it and you're going through it, there's a whole process of processing and healing that you have to go through. So on the mm-hmm. front end of that, in the short term, the only thing I could I could figure out to do is like, all right, well, you know, I, I still need to make sure I'm making money. I've got money coming in. I still need to stay flexible, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I started driving Uber. I was and at that time, I never, you know, I was making, I'm making great money, making great money, right? Great money, right? Paying myself. Um, but I had to humble myself and make yeah. sure that I still had income coming in. So long story short, I started driving Uber, Uber, and it was like a two year stretch where I did this. Right. And over the course of that two years, I did 10,000 over 10,000 Uber rides. Right. I gave over 10,000 Uber rides and every, every, every day, you know, I was getting up and I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have people in the back of my car, you know, belittling me you know, talking to me, threatening me, you know what I mean? All these different things that happen, you know, it's crazy what happens to Uber drivers and, you know, people automatically assume because the person is an Uber driver, they have nothing else going on, right? They don't have any qualifications. They ain't got no skills. They don't got no business. They don't have no family, right? Um, And so how they treat that person, you want to speak a lot about people, right? How you treat people you don't know. But the, 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 and then on top of that, I'm like, man, I'm, you know, and this isn't the first time I had to humble myself, right, to, you know, um, to get a job or to work a menial job. So it's, it's nothing that I was foreign to, but that doesn't, that did not prevent the emotion and the feeling of knowing that, hey, I, of course, I'm college educated. Right. I, 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 I'm cashing five-figure checks. I'm creating <laughs> six-figure profits. I'm down here politicking with mayors and city officials and things like that. That, But here I am driving Uber, and I'm driving people around the region, right? So there was a, a humility factor in there and mm-hmm. getting up every single day, you know, driving Uber while still trying to figure out things with my business, still putting on a suit and tie when I needed to, et cetera, et cetera. So going through that every single day, every single day. And before I knew it, I had done like 4,000 trips. Then before I knew it, I had done like 5,000. Then before I knew that, I'd done like 6,000, right? And I'm just literally like, this is mind boggling to me that I would watch this trip count go up. And just to kind of give you an idea, you're talking about, you might do 10 to 20 trips a day. You might, you know, it, it depending on how many hours you're out there, you might do five a day, you might do 10 a day. You, you might do upwards of 30 a day, right? If you're doing like a whole 16 hour shift. Sometimes I was out there so long that Uber told me I had to go home. You know, that's that that's how much I was driving some days, but I was still working on my business. I was still grinding. I was still gritting my teeth. Right. I was still powering through the embarrassment. I, I was still powering through the emotion. I was still powering through the trauma. I was still powering through trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to unwind all of this stuff and move forward? So anyway, fast forward to uh what 2019 at this point I'm 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 pushing up on 10,000 trips right and somehow I found out about coach Flick, Ficklin 
Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I've been doing the speaking thing. Um, I, I I knew I had a talent for speaking. I knew I wanted to get paid to speak. So when uh, Coach Ficklin, when I saw his program, you know, I signed up, I grinded it out. I paid the thousand dollars, you know, for the program and uh, went through that program in the spring and then went to uh, went to Atlanta, I think, at the beginning of June in 2019. Right. So. I get to Atlanta, I'm staying in a hotel. I'm like, man, you know, at this point, it had been a good six months to a year since I had really been, you know, shaking and moving. I had uh, 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 closed everything down so tight that literally I was Ubering, I was working through my business issues, you know, trying to gain that clarity, but I wasn't wearing a suit every day. You know, I I, I became a taxi driver. I wasn't, I wasn't mm. dressing every day. Mm. I, wasn't, I wasn't shaving every day. You know, I mean, my facial facial hair was overgrown. I no longer care what I had on. You know, I became an Uber driver, right? Wow. And that's a whole other conversation about that's a whole you know, other who, conversation. Yeah, who you become and the title. Exactly. Identity and titles and things mm-hmm. like that. But I had become the taxi driver. I become the Uber driver. So when I got down to Atlanta, it was a great opportunity for me to clean up again, right? To shave my face, um, you know, to to put on some nice clothes, to dress nice and everything. So fast forward, yeah. I'm in Atlanta for two days. I'm in the hotel. I'm 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 like, you know, man, you know, the reward of resilience, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm finding my way. You yeah, know, I'm finding my way again. I'm gaining that clarity again. I'm in this environment with other entrepreneurs again. Yeah, and I'm not I'm nine thousand trips plus in the Uber, right? But let me let me go back real quick. Before that 9,000 trips or wherever I was when I found Coach Ficklin, I would not have found him had I not done those 9,000 trips because I wouldn't have been in the mental space. I wouldn't right. have been in, in the mode of researching and finding out and connecting to have even gotten to Coach Ficklin had I not done those 9,000 trips. Right. And I can continue to give you examples of how those, you know, those trips, I was connecting with people, having conversations with people that was helping me get through my trauma and get through my experience. So I'll give you one more example of that as I finish this story. So as I'm in Atlanta, I'm finishing up in Atlanta. I'm, uh, you know, Coach Fickler, he made the pitch, you know, to for his coaching program. I wanted to sign up. It was going to be a little stretch for me financially, but I knew I wasn't at the point of clarity yet to sign up with him to, you know, have that takeoff where I needed because I was still, I was right, I was close, but I wasn't at the point of clarity that I needed to be able to say that, you know what, this makes sense. But anyway, as I'm leaving Atlanta, I got a a 6 a.m. flight out of Atlanta and uh, I get up, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm looking at the proposal that coach sent over, you know, I'm processing everything. And then I call my Uber, right? It's going to blow your mind. I call my Uber. And every time I, I take an Uber, the first thing I look to see is how many trips has this Uber driver done, right? I look and see. So on my way back, I'm getting ready to go back to D.C. I'm complaining. I'm like, man, this felt so good. This felt, you know, this felt right. This is, you know, being back in my element, being back in my environment. I love the city of Atlanta. I love entrepreneurship. I love talking. I love doing all of this stuff. But man, I got to get back to the grind and I got an Uber tomorrow. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's the reality. Right. I got an Uber tomorrow, but I'm complaining. And I'm and I'm 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 not appreciative of the of where I am at that point in time. And so I call my Uber driver. I go downstairs, I hop in the Uber, I check the the amount of trips that this Uber driver has done, and this lady pushes 16,000 Uber trips. I said, wow, wow, 
She doing, she has 16, almost double, almost double the amount of trips that I'm at, almost double. And here I am complaining about my little 9,000. She pushing almost 17,000. So anyway, we get in the, you know, I get in the car. It was a wonderful ride to Atlanta and, or to the Atlanta airport. And this lady breaks down her whole life story, her whole life experience, how she found herself driving Uber, how Uber ha has allowed her to find her space, to find her direction, and how she's driving Uber to get to her next destination and how she ain't got no problem. She ain't got yeah. no problem driving Uber at two, three, four o'clock in the morning and making her money so that she can move on with her day and do what she got to do. And I'm sitting there in the back like, yeah, I, I, I hear you. You know, I'm, I'm taking it in. I'm receiving it. But at the same it. time, I'm like, thank you. I needed that. Thank you. Right. So the reward of resilience, the, it, it's a journey of endurance it's a journey of commitment. It's a, a journey of passion. It's a journey of being tested and being verified for uh, you getting and obtaining the things that you say that you want. If you want something and you say that you want it, one thing we have to do is we have to remove any preconceived notion or idea about what our journey Woo. is going to be on, on the way to and en route to this destination. And it's, there's no telling what you're going to have to experience. But if you don't get up every single day and do those trips and run those miles and run those laps, and have that strength of resiliency, that strength of endurance, you're not going to get the reward on the other side. And that reward is going to be multifaceted. It might be a conversation. Yep, it might it be is. a book. It might yep. be enlightenment. It might be an idea, right? It might be a memory. It's got, That reward is going to come in so many different ways. And mm -hmm. all of those ways are designed to help you continue on your journey to the next reward. Hands down, hands down. I love God. I swear when God does things, I'd be like, look at God. Look at what God did there. Everything is divinely orchestrated all, all of your time. And the more you awakened to that, the more the more clarity that was able to come for you. I mean, you were sent to go see how people treat people, number one, so that you continue to know how not to treat people like that, right? You were out there as somebody to listen to those people and safely transport them from, from one location to another. I mean, even just safe transportation alone, we, I don't even think, you know, the Ubers, I've had some crazy Uber drivers. I don't really do Uber because they one scared me so bad. Y'all yeah. already know you got crazy drivers out there. But to see this woman who, who was like, this is fantastic. I love the whole attitude change, right? You need to kind of had your, but your attitude changed up a little bit. And here God sent this woman who had clocked in way more than you had and was as happy as she could be. And was excited to where she was going. She wasn't worried about where she was right then because she already knew where she was going and she was using that as a pathway on the journey, right? That this was a part of her journey. And there is such a re sweet reward in so many things. Just like you said, I'm glad you, you brought that out because it's true that there are little pockets of rewards along the way, but we are resilient people and we bounce back and we go through things and we get to continue on. And all that builds us for what's waiting for us. It's all instrumental. Nothing is wasted. You cannot fail. That's an illusion. 
It cannot fail. It's an illusion. You can't get it wrong. You going through all that time was not getting it wrong. It was all part of your plan because all things work to the good. All of that continues to work to your good today, right? So now a lot of people like to get into real estate and you're going to give them one little piece of wisdom. I swear this is the year of the of this. I've never seen more people. What do you do real estate? Everybody does real estate. Everybody wants to be in real estate. Now you've been in it a long time. So you, you, you not let the fresh new real estate. What do you know? And how long you've been? Oh, I just started, you know, I mean, what is the big, everybody wants that, that big money. They think that big money, but that's hard money too. I mean, that's not, that's not just easy money. But what is, let's just say your little wisdom out there for those who are maybe interested in real estate, what, what's a, what's a pearl of wisdom before we, we get ready to close out? What's a pearl of wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you a, a couple pearls of wisdom. One, um, I remember when I first got into the industry, it was uh, a little after uh, the, the OA crash. And um, you, there was a lot of conversation about how things looked during the OA crash. And one of the things that they said is they said, um, right before things crashed, everybody was trying to get into real estate. And it was easy for everybody to get in real estate. And you had people who had no business invested in real estate, investing in real estate, and then it crashed. So in, in one way, in one way, it's kind of like that. Um, you have a, you know, it's uh, the excitement of industries, the excitement of opportunity, you know, goes on this emotional um, thing. If you look at uh, crypto last year, and then, mm -hmm. you know, everybody was buying crypto, everybody was buying crypto. And usually when everybody's doing it, that's when the, the excitement has reached a peak. And then you're going to have this, uh, you know, this downward trend and kind of wash um, some people out. But I say all of that to say also too, real estate is extremely important. I think it should be a part of everyone's portfolio. Just know that real estate is a very, very, very vast industry. If you think about it, everything that we touch, even the ground that you walk on, the street that you drive on, the sidewalk that you walk on, everything is real estate. So there are so many different ways uh, to get into real estate, to make money in real estate. But I definitely think that real estate should be a part of everyone's portfolio, even if it's just a personal home. Now, mm -hmm. on now, in addition to that, it's hard work. It's hard work. It's risky. You may lose some money. You probably are going to lose some money. But if you are in it for the long haul, and by the long haul, you are willing to commit yourself to learning this investing strategy um, over the course of your lifetime, then find the niche that makes sense for you. Commit yourself to that niche. Self-educate as much as you possibly can. Be willing to lose money. If you lose money, get back up, get back on the saddle, but also be you know, very conscious of what your risk tolerance is. And again, there are a lot of different ways to invest in real estate. You can also invest actively versus passively. So just kind of find you know, what your ultimate goal is. And then from there, just continue to self-educate yourself. There are a lot of different resources, some cheap, some free, some you know, highly expensive, just start slow and move your way up. You know, uh, if you're going to invest at a very high level, try to invest with the most credible uh, resources that you can. But real estate is a great vehicle, but it's no, you know, one size fits all for sure. Yeah, no. And your number one investment is what? Uh, in terms of what? What's, what's the number one investment? If you came with Coach K, you should know this. What is your number one investment? Oh, absolutely. Invest in yourself. Yeah, there it is. Absolutely. Okay, we, absolutely. We, make coach, we make Coach K proud. This absolutely. Invest in yourself. Absolutely. Your number one investment is in self. Absolutely. You got you to gotta invest in, as they say, what's between the ears. Absolutely.
your mindset. And that's what yep. you continue to do. You continue to pursue knowledge. You continue to read books, right? We've shared several of them out. That is it, everyone. I tell you this all the time. Evolution and growth over a lifetime is the pursuit to mastery. And there is a reward in resilience. If you faint not, and if you are going to join us in this entrepreneurship journey, I want you to know something. It is not for the faints of hearts, but it is one of the most rewarding journeys you will ever be on. It is one that is not capped. See, all the rest of the careers out there are capped, my friends. There's a certain income limit that you can only make. That's it. That's as far as you can go. But in entrepreneurship, the sky is not even the limit. Mm -hmm. Please understand that. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Where can they find you if they want to connect with you? Where can they connect with you? I'm going to make sure I put all that in the description. But tell them where they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on every major social media channel. I go by, uh, you can search by my name or by my social media handle. It's Legacy and Motion and that's L-E-G-A-C-I-E-I-N Motion. And uh, that's on every major um, uh, social media outlet. You can also go to my website. It's Kevin, S as in Sam, Breckenridge.com. And that's it. Easy to find. I love that you've kept legacy motion as your signature. That's your self-brand. So one of the things I teach is self-branding and I have my students do a self-branding exercise where they ask, you know, uh, five to seven people to describe them in three words. And then they create a mantra and they create a logo and they create, you know, their goals. They write an empowerment statement. It's a whole fun activity. Um, And that's kind of what you have there. It sounds like you have a little self-brand that originated back in the day. Yeah. You was house partying it up. Yeah. Partying it up, having a great time. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and and Professor P, man, thank you for the opportunity and, and thank you for everything that you do. I know you you have a, a large body of work out there that mm-hmm. it's, it's going to take me some time to be able to kind of claw my way through. But uh, thank you for what you do for entrepreneurs and empowering and educating entrepreneurs. I mean, you you, you drop gems after gems after <laughs> gems and say, hey, I'm teaching them this. I'm teaching them this. I'm teaching them this. So, you know, of course, I know your listeners know how valuable of a resource you are. I love them. Uh, so, Yes, absolutely. So thank you for uh, being a a presence and a light and a resource. And uh, just just thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, We're going to be watching. I see great things for you, which I've already spoke over your life. I'm excited about where you're going. I'm excited about the legacy that you're building for yourself and your children. I'm excited. I'm going to speak this over him. So I've already spoken over him before everyone, but just in front of everybody, I've already spoken the fact that this is a man leading other men, particularly his voice is coming more boldly and more unapologetically forward. We're calling that blessing over him today even more. You have a rich story there. A rich story is always one that is set to be shared because others are hungry and you are sitting there so rich. So I encourage you to feed out that beautiful story. And as you do so, you will find your own self and your family continuously fed. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you get connected with Kevin and go out there and walk on that real estate. Hey, I'm after land personally, but we'll take that one for another day. Everybody, thank you for being with us. Kevin, it's been amazing. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening today. I hope you received a lot out of that episode and are feeling energized and ready for whatever lies ahead. If you did enjoy it, I'd appreciate it if you'd share it out. Thank you in advance for doing so. Please also connect with me on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Natasha M. Palumbo. And until next time, 
be encouraged, be empowered, and as always, be well.